You're listening to True Story, a night of true tales told to friends. If you like the stories you've been hearing, consider becoming one of our patrons and support what we do behind the scenes. Check out truestorytime.org slash love. The following tale is our first ever two-person story. It comes to us from a true story party in San Francisco, California, where the theme was, we're not in Kansas anymore. Will and I met when we were five years old um, in first grade, and we became friends over the fact that no one else could understand what he was saying. <laughs> but me, he spoke with... Oh, that's where we're beginning, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he spoke with um, an intense wisp when I first met him. And from that point on, we were attached at the hip. We were best friends. And for first grade and second grade and third grade and fourth grade and middle school and high school. And this is a story about when best friends had to walk down different paths. When we were both 15, I had been a Boy Scout and Will loved the outdoors as well. And we came up with this scheme that for our 15th summer... We were going to hike from Maine to our home in Massachusetts, which is how many miles? 400. No, a lot. It was many hundreds of miles. So we reported this back to our parents, and we said, we figured out what we're doing this summer. We're going to hike from Maine to Massachusetts. And Will's mom, a very hip lady, super flexible, and she said... Not only is the answer no, but I don't ever want to hear you guys even talking about this. Like, that's final. So we were not deterred. We came up with a strategy that said, theoretically, if we were to do this, here's the hoops that we'd be willing to jump through. And we started jumping through them. And so that involved taking a wilderness first aid class, and it involved learning about uh, native species of flora and fauna. And um, we, we researched gear and started studying topographic maps. And, and the way that we got her and, and our other parents to go along with this scheme... We showcased everything that we had done over the previous couple months and showed how responsible we were as to 15-year-old boys and why we should be able to hike for two months in the woods by ourselves, um, which we thought was completely reasonable. And actually, strangely, everyone but my mom also thought that was completely reasonable. So we did what any 15-year-old, two 15-year-old boys uh, would do. We basically uh, isolated my mom and figured out <laughs> that we would essentially make an offer that, that she couldn't refuse. And that was to suggest that my father, being the responsible man that he is, would accompany us for the first week of the trip. He would have complete and utter control and discretion. And at the end of the week, if for any reason, any reason whatsoever, he did not think we were up to the task of hiking the remainder of the summer, we would go home, no questions asked. An offer she couldn't refuse. <laughs> and we did compromise by saying, rather than two months, let's call it one month. So rather than starting at the north of the state of Maine, uh, we started at the south of the state of Maine on the, the Maine-New Hampshire border. 
And for that first week, there was only one minor tragedy. You know, we didn't have a lot of money, and so the gear that we did buy was very precious to us. And I had saved up for this North Face jacket that I really wanted. It was like my splurge purchase. And I left it behind on the second night. <laughs> There's no turning back at that point. Other than that, everything went great. <laughs> And so when it came time to part ways, um, just remembering that my dad allowed us to keep going with you not having a rain jacket. <laughs> no problem, no problem. So we came to a trailhead and um, said goodbye. And from, from that point on, it was just the two of us. I had turned 16 by this point. Um, so I was mature and wise. And... Um, it was the two of us, uh, friends from the age of five onwards, and the woods. Every day consisted of a similar routine. We'd wake up at the crack of dawn, and we'd prepare breakfast, and we would hike, and we would hike, and we would hike for many, many hours until um, we reached the final shelter that we could reach before the sun would go down, at which point I would lie down in my sleeping bag and start to pass out while Will would make the both of us dinner. <laughs> and for those first couple of weeks, there's no chance I would have eaten dinner if I hadn't been spoon-fed by my friend. <laughs> At some point, we started hearing rumors from hikers heading northbound. We were headed southbound. There was going to be a major party going on. In for, for those of you who don't know, the Appalachian Trail doesn't go through many towns. It does go through the town of Hanover, New Hampshire, Dartmouth. And hikers were invited. The way we had planned out our trip, we were definitely going to be one day too far north in order to reach the party. But we determined that if we doubled down on, on our efforts and hiked the longest day that we had ever hiked before. I think it was 28 miles. That we could, that we could reach the, this frat party in, <laughs> just in time. And so uh, we woke up extra early and we hiked extra fast. By this point, you know, we were maybe two and a half weeks in and we thought of ourselves as machines. And uh, we hiked and we hiked and we hiked until we could no longer hike. And by no longer hike, I mean that it was pitch black. We'd hike till the sun had gone down. And also didn't have flashlights or headlamps. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. I was 16, Will was 15. Uh, and so uh, we had to give up on this dream, sort of our first ever frat party. Um, and we set up a tent in the dark. And, uh, and in the morning, woke up and we're really bummed that we had missed this incredibly epic party that we had heard about for literally three weeks. Like, the entire time, this party was going to be the end all be all, and we were 15-year-old boys. And, and, and we walked 10 minutes, and we reached the clearing, and there's Dartmouth. <laughs> so we walked to this frat house, and it is straight out of, like, an 80s party movie. There's like naked people lying on a pool table and like red solo cups everywhere and like empty beer cans. And for us, like, this is tragedy. Right? <laughs> like, like, we we have... also show up at about 7.30 in the morning because, you know, we wake up bright and early, early with the sun. And, and so people are like 
past. There is no one up in this house. They do have a phone booth in their house. And I, I walk into the phone booth, and there is a sack of marijuana. <laughs> and we didn't hang out for long, but we grabbed that, <laughs> stashed it away, and left. Um, that was the closest we got to parting with those guys. Um, and so soon enough, we continued on our way. One thing about this summer was that it rained practically every day. And when you're hiking, that's not a bad thing because you're working so hard that an hour or two or three hours of rain is actually really refreshing. But as the elevation fluctuates, that rain can go from feeling refreshing to feeling really cold. And I was convinced and am still convinced that I have this condition that involves bad circulation, particularly under cold weather and moisture, the blood in my extremities stops circulating. And so on this, uh, this, this one fine day, the rain is like really getting cold. And I said to Will, I said, man, I need to warm up. We need to get out of this rain. And it got kind of worse and worse, and the rain got harder and harder, and it started actually forming currents coming down the trail. So we were literally just soaked, our feet. And Adam, of course, didn't have a rain jacket, um, in addition to having poor circulation, which I definitely believe Adam has poor circulation. Thank you. Thank you. So it was, getting, it was getting to the point where he was going from complaining to actually not complaining, to actually being very quiet. And every time I looked at him, he was just like shivering, you know, going white. Obviously, being the very responsible 15-year-old I was, I was like, ah, oh, it's okay. We'll just we'll find the nearest road crossing. We'll hitchhike to the nearest town. And but I needed a solution. <laughs> and Will had one. And his solution was something... I think something, this is from Wilderness First It's something we definitely learned from somewhere at some point. <laughs> and that was to take a pair of socks and put the socks over my hands and then take two Ziploc bags and put the Ziploc bags over my hand and then duct tape it shut. <laughs> so here we are, I'm 16 and he's 15. And, and so we, we, think we're, we're, we think that we're out of the woods, literally, and we actually get out of the woods onto the road crossing that was going to take us into the nearest town and it is, um, it is a dirt road. And in the clearing... There's a house. Adam was, his condition, even in his gloves, uh, was worsening. He wasn't doing good at all. We just needed, we needed an out. We needed something. We needed to get out of the rain. So we struck up the courage and went to knock on the door. And this did not happen. But my memory is sort of like a guy came to the door with a shotgun. It was that feeling. It was that feeling of deep antagonism of why the hell are you on my property? Get the hell off my property. <laughs> At which moment I was, I was trying to just reason with the guy, hey, we just need to use your phone. We just need to call a cab, blah, blah, blah. And Adam sees a, I think, Les Paul electric guitar in the corner. And she's like, hey, you play the Les Paul? <laughs> and the guy just completely just opened up come on in, it's fine. We end up making the call to try to get the, the taxi and the cab company is just like, are you ridiculous? There's no way we're going to go down this dead end dirt road in the middle of nowhere. 
By this time, Adam had struck up a little bit more of a conversation with the guy, and he ends up warming to us. And yeah. offering to drive us into town. When we first set out to do this hike, we had a friend made a bet. She bet us that we wouldn't follow through on our plans to complete that hike. It was a bet we took. <laughs> and after about 33 days of hiking, Will's mom came and picked us up in our hometown, and we had successfully hiked from the main New Hampshire border through all of New Hampshire, through all of Vermont, and through 90% of Massachusetts back to our home, which for both of us was this early taste of freedom and of adventure. That summer, uh, I got my driver's license and I lost my virginity. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I wound up in high school again. I remember very vividly the first time uh, that I had to raise my hand and ask if it was all right to go to the bathroom and being rejected. <laughs> and <laughs> the, uh, the rebellious teenager that I was, this was such like rich oppression. Uh, um, that built on itself and built on itself until by the end of that year, I realized I could no longer stay in school, and I dropped out. Dropped out of high school against all social and cultural norms in the community that we grew up in. And that was a memorable pivot from when Will and I, who had started off side by side from the age of five onwards, took our first major step apart. But you're back <laughs> and we're back together now! Huzzah! You've been listening to True Story. Our theme music is from Daniel Steinbach's album, The Blade. To comment on this podcast, or to listen to any of our previous stories, you can find us in iTunes or at truestorytime.org. Everyone, I hardly know you, but when something comes and grabs a hold, take the hands that open up a life that's led. Is something gold? I've been alone. I've been.